Jimmy Stein's Alabama roster countdown rolls on, and it's always big, but it's even bigger when you talk about a guy like Tim Keenan. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, your countdown. We're on number 64, if you can believe it. I'm sure you can. You're the one doing it. Um, But we're on to Tim Keenan from Ramsey High School, a big uh, American who is, uh, you know, I've always been a big fan of Tim Keenan. He hadn't made the splash. I thought maybe he could, but – you know what? Maybe this year is his year. Tell us why he's at number 64. Yeah, he's the 64th ranked player on the countdown. So we're now away from uh, now that we're what, you know, we started with 89 players to rank and now we're, we're at the 65th player. Uh, I mean, 64th player. Uh, we're now out of uh, the guys that I rank low because uh, they were projected red shirts. We're sort of out now of guys that are, not redshirting, but but probably weren't really going to play. Uh, now we're to the point of where these guys are are not true freshmen. Uh, they're 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 guys that are likely to play in the games. And and Keenan sort of at the tail end of that because I'm not really sure where to put him. And by that, I mean the player. And I think he might be useful. I think particularly a guy like him could be a first team player in, in like a goal line package, you know, where you actually put multiple nose guards on the field, you know, in uh, in short yardage defense, he could play a role. Uh, therefore, you know, he, he's up here, not a little lower. I don't rule that out, but in terms of the normal defensive line, first team rotation, I don't expect to see him. Uh, I, I suspect if he plays in the games, it'll be late in games that are already decided. And it's not a reflection on Keenan. He's sort of similar to Ian Jackson in that sense that we talked about yesterday, the inside linebacker from Prattville. Tim is more of a a good player. But for him to be in the playing rotation, Luke, he's got to beat out. And I'm not even talking about Tim Smith and Justin Aboy being Jaheim Otis, guys you know you're going to see every single week, or even a James Smith who who we're projecting to be in that first-team rotation. But Keenan has to beat out guys like uh, Jamil Burroughs, Damon Payne, these guys were, were just ahead of Tim last year, uh, and they appeared to be ahead of him again this spring. Jamarian Latham plays with the first team. I haven't seen Keenan with the first team. I think Montel Goodwine, who we'll be getting to in the next couple of days, he might be a little bit ahead of Keenan. So I don't project that he will be in the first team rotation, but he so we won't see him except at the end of decided games. But I do think he is a good player. I think he can contribute. I think it'll be interesting to see if he's part of the goal line package on defense. This is a really big kid. Uh, he's probably still well over 300 pounds, I would guess, based on the last time I saw him, uh, somewhere in that 320 range, maybe 330 even. Uh, so he's still a, a heavy, uh, large guy that's difficult to move. And how about this? Uh, interesting with him, he only got a loop last season was his redshirt freshman season. He redshirted the year we signed him in 2021, coming off a a significant knee injury he suffered during his senior season at Ramsey. Redshirted him in 2021, 
2022, last year was his first year uh, able to play in the games, and he only played in two games, something like uh, Louisiana Monroe and Vanderbilt. But against Louisiana Monroe, very little playing time, but he did play. He actually recorded a tackle for loss. And while, you know, when people say, oh, what does that mean? Well, it means when we gave him a chance, he got in there and made a, a really good play. So uh, I, I think Keenan is, is pretty good, just like so many at Nick Saban's Alabama. Uh, it's easy to get squeezed out of a lineup because of the number of, uh, of, of real talented kids. Back to you. Not, not, <laughs> thank you. I needed a back to you there. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, back to you, Luke. <laughs> That's it from our man on the street in local news today. Um, but, yeah, that's I needed a back to you right there because uh, what I do sometimes when you get on your rants, I try to write down what you're saying so that I can use it in the description. And, um, yeah, you just, again, you just sort of stopped. What I'd like for you to do from now on, whenever you're talking about somebody, go, Luke, I'm about to stop right here, and you've got about 10 seconds. That'd be nice. Why don't we do, like, the uh... – like the um, emergency personnel and use like Roger, Roger that, That's Roger cool. that. That doesn't give me enough where, time where though. Even, where does that even come from? Somebody, somebody needs to tell us in the comments where the uh, genesis of Roger that comes from. Because it, I mean, come on, what what does that mean? I, I would like to know that. I'm assuming it's because. I don't know if R sound does R sound like another letter in the alphabet. I mean, I know why that's why like. You know, T and C can say, or G and E can sound like D. So maybe that's why you do Tango Charlie or whatever. But I don't know what R sounds like. Maybe they just give all of them a, a word. Uh, but anyway, uh, in the first conversation that ever happened, obviously one of the guys was named Roger. It could be that easy. It could be that easy. And the guy's name was Tango. Uh, <laughs> Tango and Roger doesn't sound like a great movie, though. That conversation is um, still going on because the other guys like Roger and the other guys like Tango, and they're they're still talking 48 years later. They got nothing to say, really. Um, Jimmy, last night you saw a program. Uh, this is not exactly a good segue to what we're going to talk about for only a second here, but you saw the, uh, uh, what was it, Being Young or Being Bryce? Being Young. Being Young. Being Young. Yeah. I didn't even know it was coming on. I was flipping around. You know, like men, you know, we constantly flip around the, the guide to see what's on and uh, – so I was going through my sports channels and then I saw being young and I'm like, how did I not know about this? <laughs> and, uh, and it was actually some new territory, not a lot, but uh, it was interesting. So uh, uh, probably the best part was uh, Bryce back at modern day uh, with some high school teammates that didn't go on to college greatness uh, who had played high school football with Bryce and, uh, it was neat watching Bryce uh, talk to those guys. And uh, of course they're his friend, but they're also, you know, in awe because it's Bryce. And he said something really neat when one of them said, you know, what I always appreciate about Bryce is we would, you know, make a mistake and, and it would mess up the play. And Bryce was always positive. He never yelled at us. He never, you know, got on to us, even though when we made a, a clear mistake, he'd got on to us and he'd never get on to us. He was always very positive, like, hey, let's go. Let's play the next play. Let's, let's do it, guys. And and just that relentless positivity, that's were very complimentary about that. And Bryce explained, like, hey, I make mistakes all the time. You know, I'm a, it, it's a game of mistakes. You know, I'm making an error. I know I made a mistake. You know, you did like Bryce, Bryce said, 
you didn't wake up this morning and decide, hey, today I'm going to run the wrong route on on second and ten in the second quarter. You know, no one's intentionally uh, doing that. It's just a game of mistakes. Uh, it's it's a difficult, uh, you know, uh, when, when when the game with the game actions going on. So anyway, they, those those guys clearly, it must be very difficult to find a teammate of Bryce Young's that that doesn't like Bryce, and, and that's that's hard to imagine because I think jealousy uh, uh, of of his success and the NIL money. There, there's ingredients in place for people like to be jealous or or have negative emotions, but. I don't think you can find teammates at Alabama or at modern day or soon to be with Carolina Panthers that. Uh... I, I I just think we're, again, I'm going to say it for the thousandth time. I think he's the best player in Alabama history. I saw the ESPN ranking quarterbacks for the last or seven, last 75 quarterbacks since 2000 or whatever. And he was like way down the list. And I was like, you guys, man. I mean, if you want to rank it just based off stats and you want to just say, you know, Baker Mayfield, I think they had Mayfield one, Cam Newton two. Man, Baker Mayfield and Cam were incredible in college. They were incredible. But Bryce is just so he, – he's he's just – he's just so, I'd watch him make the bed and just be in awe. Like, God, look at him fluff those pillows. But, yeah. um, and you I know – I know you feel the same way. I, I get, like, really frustrated with – <laughs> and sometimes I see Alabama fans say this, too. This isn't just – the national media or fans of other teams when they say, well, all he's missing from his resume is a national championship. You know, he didn't win a national championship when he was at Alabama. First of all, he did win a national championship he when he was a two quarterback. <laughs> Secondly, Alabama, and I'm not making an excuse or saying Georgia's not deserving, but had John Mechie and Jamo not been hurt, is there a reasonable Alabama fan that doesn't think Alabama could have or would have won that? 2021 national championship. What does that have to do with Bryce? That that JMO and Met both got hurt down the stretch. When when they were both on the field, Alabama beat Georgia handily, and then they lost Mechie in that game, lost JMO early in the in the rematch, and then then had neither neither player. And and, and that is not a reflection, a negative reflection on Bryce Young. It's insane to think that's some sort of a reflection on Bryce. Um, one quick last thing on Bryce Young. I want somebody out there who's into like football trading cards to respond in the YouTube comments, you know, somehow get in touch with us on Twitter or whatever. Let me know what the best Bryce Young trading card to buy is. I'm dying to buy a Bryce Young football card, but I don't know which one to do. I, I don't know. You know, there are a thousand. I can't believe how many of these things there are. I looked them up. They're a gazillion and they range in price from like, you know, there'll be one that's $500 and one that's $2 and they look the exact same to me. And I don't know what the difference is. So I want somebody out there who knows what the heck they're talking about to let me know. But right now, speaking of people that do know what they're talking about, that's FanDuel. Uh, you want to make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA Finals, which are coming up right now because new customers can get that no-sweat first bet. We've talked about it before. NBA Finals start tomorrow night. You can get that no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your bet don't win. That's amazing. Um, I, I'm going to take the Denver Nuggets. I'm going to keep betting against the Heat until I finally win one. I'm like uh, – uh, Coach Bo over here. I'm betting against the, the, the team that's winning. But um, 
anyway, I think it's a lot of fun. FanDuel is awesome. Go download it. Uh, the app is so easy. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get that no sweat first bet. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. You can bet on the NBA. You can bet on Major League Baseball. You can bet on probably bet on softball and, and college baseball coming up. That'd be kind of cool. I would take the Oklahoma Sooners in softball if I were you. Just a little tip from me to you. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. I want to thank everybody for making us your first listen. We appreciate that. And Jimmy's countdown will continue on throughout the week. Right now, Jimmy, though, um, this is going to be a shorter segment. So we want to talk about the visitors in the last segment. But uh, I told you about this email I got. And it is so random that I got this. I don't even know why. I'm, I'm trying to pull it up right now. I got it from Akshay Sharma, who I uh, – I'm not sure who Akshay Sharma is. Maybe Akshay Sharma listens to the program. I'm not sure, uh, but I don't think so. I think he's with some company that just puts out information to various people that have podcasts. And um, he said, here are the most popular college teams according to Instagram. The, the Duke Blue Devils have 1.33 million followers on Instagram. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, but you know who number two is? The Alabama football team at 1.18 million followers. Not only that. But Duke, you were referring to Duke basketball. Is what did it I Duke say? basketball specifically or just Duke? Did I, I said I said Duke Blue Devils, and I meant to say Duke, Duke, Duke Blue Devil basketball, correct. Okay, so Duke um, basketball is number one, and Alabama football is number two. Correct. Ohio State's number three. Ohio State football three. LSU football four. Oregon, who I guess doesn't have doesn't, – maybe it is just football, but it doesn't say, it doesn't differentiate. Uh, and then Michigan football, Tennessee football, Penn State football, Texas, and uh, Georgia. Now, Texas and Georgia don't differentiate either. What's interesting, according to this now, I could, I mean, I should be able to just go to Instagram and look it up. Georgia only has 308,882 followers on Instagram. Their engagement is at 0.7%. Now, I guess that means the percentage of people who actually engage with the site. What's funny, I mean, Alabama's engagement is only 1.94, which, it, I mean, it's pretty high on this list, but it sounds low. LSU football, this is weird, and but this is so LSU to me. They have 945,000 followers. Their engagement is 3.38. Nobody else has over a 2.5 engagement. So that means the LSU people really get engaged with their strong, strong opinions. Not afraid, not afraid to share their strong opinions down there. Yeah. I think, I mean, again, that's cool. So one, two, well, Texas is coming to SEC. So let's call them two. Then Tennessee is three, LSU four, Bama five. So of the top 10, five of them are in the SEC, uh, which is also very interesting. It to just me. means more. It does. Um, I just feel like uh, this is uh, this is just really cool. Uh, I, I'm just glad Alabama's got the, a, a big following like that. Again, it's all about brand awareness. This is big for NIL. You think about it. Um, and now again, I'm not going to pretend I know how all of this works. The, the the NIL landscape shifts so fast that I mean, you have to be a marketing genius, which I am not, um, to know how this works. But if you're, let's say, if you're at Duke basketball or Alabama football or Ohio State football, and you have over a million followers, right? If you're a player and you're like, hey, even if I'm just, let's say, I'm number seventeen, uh, I'm Isaiah Bond, and if they show my highlights out there and don't even say Isaiah Bond, but then they start associating number seventeen with those highlights, that increases your brand awareness, which, which the genesis of NIL. 
Correct. Which is literally explain denial. And I'm also, I I think it's cool that what we're reporting here is that Alabama football on Instagram is bigger than Kylie Jenner. Well, literally bigger, but because Kylie Jenner is pretty small. But no, I I think, uh, boy, you know what? Jimmy, I could look that up really quickly. I probably no, should. Sally Jenner is going to have more followers than Alabama football. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. And, and, and I'm interested to know about how whoever compiled those stats. Are we talking about the official Alabama Instagram? Are we talking about a, a, a official Alabama Instagram plus BOL plus, you know, the rival site plus Gone 3 plus Alabama Facebook? I mean, you know, there, there's a, a, a things to follow on Instagram. I'm assuming they're referring to the official site, Alabama football yeah. official Instagram page. Yeah, Alabama football only Instagram. I mean, not yeah. not Facebook. And now what's screwed up is um, now maybe, I don't know, maybe this guy got his stats wrong, but I'm looking at Georgia football right now. Maybe this was sent out a while back, but Georgia football – which I assume is the – yeah, it says the official Instagram of back-to-back national champs. They have 911,000. Now, I did look up Alabama. They have 1.1 whatever million, like the guy said. But maybe Georgia's has just shot up through the roof since winning back-to-back. I don't know. Um, so, maybe all my stats were screwed up by this thing, and I shouldn't just take emails that people send me. <laughs> as, let's, just as with, let's just stick with the headline, Alabama football bigger than uh, Kylie Jenner or pick, your, pick a, random, uh, a random Kardashian. I think the moral of this story is if you send Luke any kind of email saying anything, he will report it as 100% fact. So, uh, <laughs> By the so, way, my, uh, my production assistant has informed me, my PA has informed me that uh, you did basically guess correctly that uh, Roger is the R word in uh, old time military talk or new time military talk. And uh, back when they first invented radio, it wasn't as clear as it is now. So, once, if you clearly heard the uh, message, you're it's received and understood. Mm-hmm. Received and understood are are Roger, just like you know, Tango, you know. Yeah, but if it was received and understood, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be better to do like an R U name like yeah. Rupert? <laughs> that would be terrible, though. Well, we just stumbled upon what we're going to start using here, Rupert. <laughs> Rupert, done with the, done with this spot. All right. When you're each done with our rants, it will end with Rupert, which means back to you. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to go on a mini rant. Then I'm going to let you talk about the visitors and you can Rupert this thing to the very end. All right. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because this is an Alabama podcast, but I got to say this. All right. In the college baseball, did you know Tulane made the tournament? At like nineteen and forty, yeah, they won their uh, they won their conference baseball tournament and got the automatic bid. Okay, maybe I'm maybe I'm alone. Somebody tell me if I'm alone. That's fine. I last night on our sports blitz program, I went off on it, and my co-host was like, "It's not that big a deal," and I was like, "It is a big deal. It is a big deal. There should be a rule that if you play sixty games and you don't even win twenty of them, you can't go. I don't care if you win the tournament or not." That I think that's so silly and, and crazy. And there are people out there like, well, give the little guy a chance. They had 60 chances. 60. I mean, if it'd be one thing if they were 30 and 30 
and you were like, okay, and they won their conference tournament and maybe they had some injuries. They didn't win 20 games of the 59 they played. They won. They must have won four or five in their conference tournament, whatever, however their tournament set up. I don't even want to look it up because it doesn't matter. So they had only won 13 or 14 or, or maybe 15 heading into the conference tournament. And now they get a chance to play for a national championship. Now, somebody's going to say, well, they won't win. Of course they won't win. Of course they won't. But there are a lot of teams in this tournament that won't win. And what you do is you take a spot away from a team that had played much better all year, maybe even in their same conference, that maybe had a bad conference tournament or whatever. I just feel like this is – I get so tired of people saying, you know, you, you're against the little guy. I'm not against the little guy. If you're, if you're a Campbell, if you're Coastal Carolina, if you're, you know, a one or two seed, and Campbell's really good. Coastal Carolina's really good. If they win it, I, I can buy that because they've been good all year. If Tulane gets out of the LSU bracket, which I admit they won't, I think that's junk. I mean, I just I, – the, the regular season has to count for something. And when you allow teams that – and everybody goes, well, everybody needs a second chance. But it's not even the same kind of second chance. Everybody's first chance is this long grind of a season. And your second chance is this, you know, a long weekend. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense to me. But I'm not going – I don't even want you to respond. I just want people to understand that I'm so against that. Um, I'm, I have nothing against Tulane. I thought their football season was awesome. And I would say this if it were the Alabama Crimson Tide, and I mean it. If Alabama only had 19 wins and 40 losses and you told me they were playing for a national championship, I'd say that's crap. I have no problem saying that. All right, Jimmy, tell us about the visitors this weekend. Yeah, well, here we go. We, we, we talk all spring, and, and I know it's hard to believe, especially for the older listeners, that the, the recruiting calendar has changed. June is here. And this used to be, what, the prime off-season, the silly season. We referred to it in the early days of our podcasting because really not much happened during the summer to talk about, yet we'd still do the show, and we had to just invent topics. Now there's no need for that. There is no off-season because June is here, and June is not just camp season, which starts, by the way, tomorrow. Thursday is Alabama's first camp, and we will have – prospects on campus uh, participating in, in camp starting tomorrow. But beyond that, this is an official visit weekend. The official visits are starting. Uh, and the, these are class of uh, 2024 guys, the upcoming seniors, the guys we want to sign in December. Five players are visiting this weekend. They are all five highly significant. You only get to hand out about 55 visits, I think, 50 or 55 official visits. So any kid that's got an official visit spot, probably has either a committable offer or you're they're just waiting to hear from like one other guy and then you can commit that that, that sort of thing but five guys here uh, to me the highlight player of the weekend to me is uh, Caleb Odom who's a tight end from Carrollton Georgia uh, I think on three right now ranks Caleb Odom is the fourth best tight end prospect in the U.S. I think he's the highest rated uncommitted tight end uh, he is now, a, he's a really big priority for Alabama, 6'6", uh, 215. As a matter of fact, at the same age, I think he's not exactly like him, but he's kind of comparable to O.J. Howard, kind of a similar to O.J. Howard type player. Uh, he's on an official visit this weekend. I think Alabama's got a real good chance there. Perry Thompson, the wide receiver from Foley, who's already committed to Alabama, uh, he's going to go on a lot of visits, very interested in some other programs for a kid that's committed 
but Perry Thompson is making his first official visit. It's going to be to Alabama this weekend. I think Alabama is going to talk to him about canceling his other visits or, or might urge him to do so. It's not a requirement to stay committed at Alabama, but obviously uh, Perry Thompson going on other visits, but he'll be at Alabama this weekend. Two defensive backs uh, that, that I'm, whether they're committable offers right now or not sure, uh, you know, uh, Charles Lester and Kai Bates, uh, both uh, from Florida, both uh, highly rated national elite defensive back prospects uh, trying to move up the Alabama boards. They're officially visiting. And a defensive lineman from a small town in Mississippi, Terrence Hibbler. Uh, probably haven't talked about him on the show. Six one and a half, two eighty, uh, small school guy, but uh, big and strong. We just talked about Tim Keenan. Uh, Keenan Light in the sense that he's an interior run-stuffing defensive lineman, and we all know how big defensive linemen are uh, in recruiting. But those are the five guys making official visits this weekend. Uh, all eyes, I think, to me on Caleb Odom, the uncommitted tight end from Carrollton, Georgia, and Perry Thompson, the wide receiver from Foley, who's been committed to Alabama now for almost a year. Uh, Rupert, but uh, yeah, Jalen Mbakwe, I know is going to be visiting Auburn this weekend. I know Perry Thompson set up a visit to Auburn and that had some people's uh, undergarments in a wide. I don't know if you know if I can say panties anymore on here, but I just did. Um, then, then um, let's see who else you mentioned. Oh, Caleb Odom. I did say yesterday that there was a site that had crystal balled Caleb Odom to Ole Miss, which I thought was. Yeah. Uh, interesting because I know he had visited Auburn. I know that uh, he, Alabama's made him a priority. Uh, just interesting that he got crystal ball to Ole Miss. I, sometimes, though, these crystal ball things, I feel like some of these recruiting experts, they crystal ball somebody to where they want them to go to maybe <laughs> generate some buzz there. So I, I don't know, though. Is Ole Miss well, a real factor there? I think, well, I think Ole Miss is definitely a factor with Caleb Odom. I don't believe he'll end up there. I think Alabama or Auburn probably the most likely uh, most likely for him is Alabama or Auburn. But what happens, sort of like with Wilkin Formby, I remember this happening. Ole Miss sort of gets there first. They recruit the heck out of him, and it's it's, it's the first big offer. And, and the kid, uh, any, any kid gets real interested early on in their first big offer. And Caleb Odom, I think, is kind of one of these emerging prospects in terms of the other big programs and, and where I think Ole Miss just got their uh, first and loudest. All right, Jimmy, that's going to do it for today's pod. Thank you guys so much. We're up over 5,030 subscribers on YouTube now, which we appreciate. And if I need to play more Sarah McLaughlin, y'all just let me know. I'll be glad to do it. Uh, you know, copyrights be danged, whatever they do. Um, so that's going to do it next tomorrow. Actually, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow we'll have more from Jimmy on his countdown. We'll talk some, maybe talk some future scheduling because, um, I saw something about the the future team's non-conference on Alabama schedule, and I just love talking about that because I love making these trips. I can't wait. So we'll talk about that and more on tomorrow's podcast. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Rupert. <laughs> Rupert Tide. <died. laughs>